all right so that, yeah, that, that's actually a really good analogy and you know they don't work cross-platform rob Daniel is pointing out but if but if we imagine <laughs> a future like disney infinity where each different little playset is a different game that is in theory how it could work but, right and and yeah. that's where a lot of like the the metaverse talk comes in is this like every piece of digital clothing we own will be available in all our games and and blah 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 but that's assuming you know again that people buy into a metaverse that a is not facebook developed b uh you know is is focused on this idea of user creativity and business growth and you know web openness etc and it's tough to get um really any company on that page because that makes some assumption that they care about the well-being of other companies besides their own all right so the next question is you know what's the best way for developers and publishers to sync operations with nfts but before we dive to that point let's take it back a step Another one of the gigantic criticisms is the environmental impact of these different blockchain things. Mm -hmm. And we know like Bitcoin and even Ethereum are gigantic energy hogs. Now yeah. we're seeing, you know, China has completely killed mining in their t territory. Uh, Kosovo or somewhere, one of the big Eastern European, I just saw it in the news like this week, huge hub for crypto mining. They just killed all of theirs because of the you know power intake and the environmental impact. Are there crypto choices out there that you know of that are not like completely that operate efficiently, you know, environmental? Absolutely. So there's a new form of crypto generation coming out called staking, which is more akin to like an investment with dividends on the back end. Um, and so this, this new technology does away with graphics card mining requirements entirely. And really it's just based on, you know, people buy in that alone generates the crypto. And then, you know, people are actually rewarded for their efforts once a month instead of, you know, I happen to stumble upon the solution of a incredibly complex algorithm and, uh, you know, I'm I'm rewarded in a tenth of 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 a Bitcoin for my efforts. Um, and so you, you get networks like Tezos and uh, actually Ethereum 2.0, uh, which is in development right now. Uh, and you can actually stake into and start earning very small rewards on that. Um, there are you know plenty of technologies that are much greener and and cleaner and easier to use um and hopefully as this technology uh and philosophy behind crypto starts becoming more commonplace and even whatever its successor is because there will be a successor to staking at some point um then this really just starts to become you know part of the daily routine of the internet uh, is is where I see things going, and eventually you won't even think about it much as the same way, you know, like we used to say have to write www.whatever.com before we went to a website, and now you can literally just 
pretty much just type in Discord and your browser's like, okay, cool, I'm taking you to Discord. <laughs> so, so with that in mind then, so how can, especially, we're, we're not necessarily, we're not here to tell Ubisoft how to do their shit because they're not going to listen to us anyway. Um, mm -hmm. How can indie teams, you know, effectively hop in and link into these different tokens, tools, whatever we want to call them. Um, every single one of them has instructions on how to programmatically access their uh, their networks, their blockchains. Um, and it's oddly not nearly as difficult as you might think it would be. I think Tezos, for instance, like connects with JavaScript or, or something really, really simple. And then it's really just a matter of you know, sending some commands back and forth. I remember um, there was a night on Clubhouse a little while ago that uh, my friend uh, John Radoff from Beamable actually made uh, a, a branch token of Solana called Vrimpcoin that night, and uh, which was, you know, just, just a meme coin based on uh, like Nestle's new vegetarian shrimp that they called Vrimp that everybody was memeing at the time. And so he, he gave me a million of those for like 15 bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, maybe, maybe someday this will pop off. And when, when it's a dollar of rimp coin, I'll be a millionaire. But in the meantime, I'm only out 15 bucks. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> but like he literally, he literally made this brand new coin, you know, while we were just chatting on clubhouse in under an hour, it really doesn't take a lot of effort. I do, but is that necessarily a good thing? Because it's like, you know, pump and dump schemes have been <laughs> around as long as the stock market has. Right. And now we're getting pump and dump, you know, scams on, on crypto, which in, in some ways, I'll be honest, I don't really give a shit. If you yeah. are that desperate, crazy, uneducated enough to chunk a bunch of money into a frimp based crypto that <laughs> some dude just generated during clubhouse you're on your own i i am not right. gonna sit here. I, I mean this so this there's different levels of these things it's like do i want to support a friend who just did a, a a cool you know essentially like art piece project yeah why not you know i'm only out 15 bucks um you know, am I putting, say, $100,000 into Shiba Inu? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, this... I only put $50,000 into that. So, yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> there's, there's really, like, different levels of these things. And then, you know, anybody making their own coin. So you take a look at a game uh, like uh, Sandbox, for instance. You go to oh, their website. Yes. Let's talk about that. You go to their website. They actually go very detailed, very in depth about you know what their coin is called, what their intention is with it, where you can buy it, where you can sell it, what you can do with it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a very clean, very simple like website white paper, essentially. Um, you know, but then you get others where they just talk in like crazy crypto jargon you can't make heads or tails out of it you don't know what their intention is don't even know if they have an intention or if they're just trying to get your money as quickly as possible and then abandon the project that you know 
they promised would be, you know, the first real life matrix. And you're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, 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 I want, I want nothing to do with that. So it, it, it really just is a matter of staying common savvy. Sense. Yeah. Common sense. All right. So sandbox is a good segue into my like rant from last week. So sandbox was announced as one of the sponsors for global game jam and mm -hmm. a segment of, of twitter and the internet lost their absolute fucking mind over it. <laughs> um the one of the responses literally said how could they do this to me <laughs> and i'm like they, they don't owe do you to you it, it, no one sat down and said this is we're gonna screw over some point part it frustrates me especially as somebody who runs events like this that doesn't get paid to do it i assure you neither dan myself or anyone else involved in indie game business is getting rich off of this shit that we've been doing for three years it is hard to find sponsors and we have so many people out there who are just absolutely convinced that nothing good is going to come from this, that they say these team, these companies are evil and they're completely after horrible shit. And then they do something like sponsor an event like Global Game Jam. And then they get shit on for that, too. Yeah. I mean, it they, would, not... they would get shit on for, you know, giving hundred million dollars to the Jimmy fund or, you know, any other kind of cancer research. Like there, there are people out there who are just so adamantly opposed to this idea of this new technology. And the only takeaway I want to give people uh, from this podcast today is just take a deep breath and see where things go you know, really like let the market decide and vote with your wallet. Like if, yes. if you're not, if you're not into it, don't buy into it. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's as simple as that. These events and especially something of the scope and scale of global game jam, they cost money to run. A and lot Rob, I will say some money. developers, but I will also say, so, so Rob Major discord he said it's not just a segment at least say it was some developers it was some developers but i actually sat down and clicked through the people that were commenting and all of this stuff on twitter and over half of them were not game developers yeah they were a lot of them were artists fair enough okay you know there are a lot of artists that are getting fucked over by you know unscrupulous nfts mm -hmm. but we can't live in a world where you're going to criticize a company for being evil. And then when they try to be not evil and support something that is worthwhile, you, you shit on them for that too. It, yeah. it, it's not, that was, it was extremely frustrating and global game jam backed out, pulled them completely out and you know, they're, they're not sponsoring. And so my question, you know, I don't know the financials of global game jam. I don't know how much sandbox put in. I don't know how much, you know, money that, that they need to do what they need to do effectively. But I would say there are going to be people in the industry, indie devs who need this sort of stuff that are not going to get support 
because you know that level of money isn't there right now right it is not easy to pull in sponsors for digital events i will tell you that not easy to pull in any investment in this industry no rob oh sorry uh rob they actually killed them as a sponsor it's they are not a sponsor anymore i saw they had another tweet that followed up and said the sandbox is no longer a sponsor of global game jam so i'll see if i can find that and post it but yeah no they're not involved at all anymore which i think that sets a pretty dangerous precedent because you know we have new technology game developers want to use this new technology maybe not all game developers but you know at the same time not all game developers are making something for vr not all game developers are making something on mobile um facebook gaming came and went you know so social gaming is really a thing of the past vr gaming you know even that you know other than half-life alex and uh beat saber has not had a whole lot of market penetration so you know like i said before you know just let people vote with their wallet maybe there are even people who were at the global game jam who had never heard of the sandbox who never heard of nfts that when they show up and see this might suddenly become really interested in it and find their calling and all that's happening is you're denying uh you know aspirational developers access to tools that they've maybe never heard of that they might have been interested in and might have been able to create the game that completely changed everybody's outlook on how this technology can be used. Yeah. And that's where I think stifling innovation. And that to me is horrific. That is, you know, the biggest role that I I feel like indie teams in general can have right now. It's like, no, no one is arguing that, you know, no one involved in crypto and NFTs is, is crooked and doing illegal shit and scamming people. No, that's, that's a reality. But, you know, it's a new technology that, you know, can be used for good and or evil, but it, it does come down to the indie community to find these ways. It does. No yeah. one is expecting Ubisoft to, like, come through and complete this, like, totally green, altruistic version of NFTs. Every no, of course they were just going there. to replace their microtransactions with yes. NFTs and say it's special. Like, that's Ubisoft's job. Make as much money as quickly as possible because they have shareholders they need to appease. They are a publicly traded company. Um, it is different for indie developers because we're not beholden to anybody so we have a whole lot more room to experiment period that's really it it is and and i can guarantee you every publisher out there and a lot of the developers if they have investors not necessarily the ones that are just publicly traded any company in the industry out there who has investors is looking at this in some way, shape, and form because the investors are absolutely all over it. You know, this is right. like the and, new hot and thing they want today. their companies to make, you know, as much return for them as possible. Yeah. It is. And they're they're seeing this space and you know saying to their developers, you might want to look into this. You might you might want to think if there's some kind of way we can harness this 
And, you know, obviously the easiest way right now is just replace your microtransactions with it and put them on a blockchain network. That doesn't necessarily mean it is the best solution and that doesn't even necessarily mean it's going to stick around. I mean, look at the models of free-to-play games from 2010 versus a decade later. You know, we've come to an agreement that, like, um, pay-to-win in free-to-play is awful. Um, stick with cosmetics. Um, you know, you look at like Dungeon Keeper Mobile, you know, that that kind of model is out entirely. Nobody does that anymore. Wait, what was uh, Dungeon Keeper Mobile? Um, you know, it was essentially like you can build uh you know dungeons on your phone uh and then litter them with traps and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah in, I know that. What was the I didn't yeah. know, I didn't even know there was a mobile version of that. So the mobile version, as you were digging, you would click a tile and it would take one hour to tear down a tile. And if you wanted to speed it up, you could pay a dollar. That was the business. Yeah, that was like the early version yeah. of the free-to-play game. That was exactly. like extremely Exactly, because yeah. nobody knew what they were doing back then. So they didn't know what would be if, if acceptable by the market. crops in time in yeah. Farmville, they like exactly. and died. And, yeah. and you could pay Which, like money to make them. Yes, okay. Which is why that. social gaming died out. But mobile gaming is you know still thriving to this day. Um, and, you know, this social gaming games is too. And, with the right games with the with the right games yeah. sure but it's definitely not you know the market that you know the vcs were jumping on back in the day i mean i remember that was all anybody was putting money into and i had absolutely no interest in developing in that space just you know didn't appeal to me probably should have in hindsight all right so dan how are we on questions do we have a lot of questions queued up because i know we've been skipping around um okay all right so yes back to where we got derailed off so what's the best way for developers and publishers to sync their operations with nfts for that i would say start you know looking into building collaborative nft networks really um you know as of right now if you know for you know the the ubisoft courses and um, you know, what, what Stalker had been planning on doing and such, those were all kind of contained networks. And if you really want this to be a collaborative space, I think there's space for developers to, you know, build a network that can be used by multiple developers, maybe with a fee, maybe completely open, you know, like, uh, like the, uh, the OpenSea Ethereum network, uh, kind of idea. Um, but really, it just comes down to developers having options that are full ecosystems rather than um, centralized, really. Like, like just follow that decentralization philosophy. Uh, and, you know, I think you'll start seeing more collaboration in the space. All right. So we had a question from a while back on the on the discord hold on let me find it okay so uh rob would ask how are you going to convince developers to allow assets to change between games when we don't see the developers even sharing the same currency between their own games good question back to the and i, and I said i have an example and then we got derailed there were a couple of indie game indie fighting games that came out 
Uh, and I cannot remember. I know one of them was Mighty Fight Federation. There was another one, and I cannot remember the name of it. But what this company had done was gone around to other indie developers and said, let us use your, your characters in these games. And they did. And they, I don't know the details of all the structuring and how yep. they did all this, but it's not absolute crazy talk to say that this stuff can happen because we have seen different developers, you know, working with things, you know, working with each mm -hmm. other and cross marketing stuff, you know, exactly it can absolutely happen. We know it can happen on the big publisher side, you know. Um, one of my there favorite are... examples in that space is a game called Super Indie Carts, which unfortunately hasn't been updated in a long time. But imagine Mario Kart with just tons of indie game characters from uh, like Runbo and Duck Game and, and you name it across the board. Really just pick up the phone, send an email, get talking to people. You know, you want other, you know, you want other games in your game you got to talk to the developers and see if they'd be interested in the first place i mean nfts are not going to change that aspect you're not magically going to be able to you know break copyright law on a commercial product by you know just putting somebody else's stuff in your game without their permission you know the only exception would be if it's like just a, a generic model or texture graphic, et cetera, that they've put up as an NFT for somebody to buy. And then you automatically load that in. Um, but right, if so you want yeah, that kind of, kind of collaboration, you got to work out the licensing deals. We've got multiple comments coming in here, but that's different because they're hard coded into the game. But that still can be the case. We're not saying right. that it's gonna, you're going to be able to bring any game into any other, I mean, any character into any other game you're still going to have to be, it's still going to have to be an accepted thing. Yeah. It's crazy to do anything otherwise. The yeah. I, is, I think, I think there's some people out there who think that um, this space is going to suddenly completely destroy all notion of ownership and uh, intellectual property that we ever had before. And, I really don't think that's the case at all, because if it was, then we wouldn't be so concerned about selling NFTs so that we can own digital items. So I think um, everything that we have created from a legal perspective, from a business perspective, uh, et cetera, et cetera, is still going to hold. It's just a new marketplace. All right. So, so the follow-up question is if we're already seeing games do this, what's the point of doing them with an NFT? Um, you know, just the, the whole decentralized idea so that, uh, you know, you're not having to connect to uh, a proprietary network in order to, you know, say buy a, buy a weapon skin or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, at, at this point, it's still so young that the easiest answer is we don't know. Um, and it, it is and so, it's a fair like, answer. It's, it, it is. It's still yeah. early. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like back in the day, you know, why would I want to play games on a touchscreen when I have no level of, you know, no, no deep level of control over anything. I mean, you know, a, a controller has less buttons than a keyboard and a, and a touchscreen has less buttons than a controller. So why would I ever want to play a game on that? And, you know, 
back in 2008, 2010, we would say, we don't know. We have to, to experiment fair. in the space in order to create some use cases for us to look back on and develop a thesis as to why this either is or isn't isn't a feasible technology for gaming. 